You are listening to the Break Free From Your Monkey Mind podcast, where you will be introduced to various techniques, ideas, and guests, providing you with ways to improve your mental health and help you take the first step towards your goals and aspirations. Let us inspire you today to learn, grow, and succeed. Here's your host, Tony Gordon. Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time is, wherever you are in the world. Thank you again for joining me. My name is Tony Gordon, and this is Break Free from Your Monkey Mind Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. Last week, I spoke about um, music and how music can actually benefit a lot of people who suffer from mental health issues, a variety of them, but even anybody who needs an uplift just to feel about a bit in the day. The amount of times that you can put a song on or uh, album or whatever it is you want to listen to and you can actually go back to different times in your life a lot happier times yeah sometimes people say that music can obviously be sad as well and take the impact but I actually mentioned last week playing a song that's supposed to be a sad song but it helped me to realise where I was at and to deal with my issues but I had a few things comments um, a lot of good ones um, positive ones about how yeah, music can help them, music has done. Other ones because sometimes the music can take them to a dark place because they think that they remember times when maybe a relationship that's failed or someone has died that reminds them. But that depends on your perspective at the time and how you're looking at it. Because if you're remembering back with these songs, a lot of the times it can be good, but I'm not saying it's right for everyone. And we know that. But it led me to some because the couple of the people who speak to me about it, they, behind what they were saying to me, there was something there. So having a little further chat with a couple of them, realised that there was more going on than just the songs or the music. They were using it as a way to try and talk or open up without having to actually say it was anything to do with them. They were looking at it as if it was from someone else. Uh, for another person's perspective, and they were looking for a little bit of advice on how to help these other people. And one of the things that came out was talking about suicide, that uh, one of them had lost someone. Um, I've mentioned this previously, and I've done talks on this for groups, everything on suicide awareness. Um, I said that was in a really, really dark place when Nash is happened to me. I'm not going to go over it again. Again, if anyone wants to listen to what happened to me, just go back to season one, episode one. But I got really angry this week when I was looking into that to update um, the presentation that I delivered a couple of months ago um, because of the figures again. I said at that time there was things that shocked me, but I was constantly different perspectives at the time and just trying to look and see, okay, what could we have noticed? But with these ones I spoke to this week, that really hit home me because of the ages of the people they were talking about. Both of them were over 45. Both of them, to everybody else, had so much living, so much going for them. They had lovely wives, families, children, great jobs. They, one of them was a coach, um, a sports coach. Another one is there, just liked helping out different things in the community. But everyone gets told was these people that were their friends of theirs. But one's a brother and one's a friend. And it was the fact they couldn't notice things. But when we started talking about it, they realised things they did notice. But what really got me was I looked up some figures again and said, and I looked at Cam. Um, 
Cam is a charity that's a campaign against living miserably. And they had a, a note on some that I was reading, and it said that an average, not our, an average, one of the biggest killers in the UK of males is suicide. And average does 18 a day. 18 men a day taking their own life, which is what, 126 in a week. You look at it over a year, you're talking about six and a half thousand men a year taking their own lives for all different reasons. And predominantly, especially in Scotland, where I live, the biggest age group of that is 45 to 49. And that's horrendous. People that are just coming into a stage of life then saying that they're starting to look at things they can do for themselves because maybe they've spent the 18s and maybe early 20s enjoying life and then settled in having families. So by the time they're getting to 45, 50, they're starting to think it's getting towards their time of life. So they should be having that. But then they're feeling pressures from so many different angles. One of them is because they how to afford college or uni for their children. Um, another one was just because things at work seemed great to everybody, it wasn't gone as well as what he thought. He went for a few different promotions and been rejected for each one. He started to feel, what was what the way he was described, imposter syndrome, that maybe he's not as good in his own job because they were quite similar positions, just a, a level up. And he said one of them didn't get an interview, the other one he got it, but felt as soon as he walked in, they'd already made their mind up. These are things people face, but they shouldn't be things that's going to make you end your life. But you never know to you're in a person's shoes. I can never say that I can understand. I can empathise with a lot because of what I've been through, but I can never understand what it's like for someone else because I'm not there. I'm not them. But it takes me back to something that I keep saying, is, but my issue when I had it, I didn't open up to anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. Um, I didn't even speak to my wife. But she knew obviously I was having issues because of the health, but not the mental side of it. Because I didn't want to come across as weak. I, I was concerned, I suppose, even at work, that if people found out, maybe I wouldn't get another promotion, without another job. And I started to think when I went for a couple of jobs, is that why I wasn't getting them? It was because of issues that I'd had with my health and everything. And you start, and I can understand that side of people thinking that way, because it is logical. If there's something wrong with you and you think other people are okay, but you don't know they are, because again, they can't see all your things. You can't see what they're going through. But the national statistics on it, when you look at it, it's horrific. I said the average male between 45 and 49, a specific thing from looking at that, it was, what can we do to prevent that? And the first thing is, get rid of stigma. A simple fact, I keep saying, we need to get rid of the stigma about men opening up. Being told that men don't cry or that they've got to man up, they'll just go, oh, you've got to be strong for you and your family. Strength isn't something that just means you break through everything you keep pushing. Strength can be all different things. Strength can be the fact you're strong enough to say, I've got a problem, I need help. Or even just open up to your wife, partner, husband, whatever it is. Just to say, I need help. I don't know where to go. What can I do? Speak to someone about it. Don't hold things in. But we need to get rid of the stigma. And the only way it will start is if men start opening up, start to speak about it. There is some charity things. There's some forums you see around, even on Facebook, and I've noticed some of them. But predominantly, it's more women than men. And again, it's the same reasons why you don't see as many women in the ladies taking their own life. 
is because they open up and they can talk about it. Yes, they've got a higher rate of depression, but that's only because it's been diagnosed. If men don't open up, they kind of get diagnosed. So that's why there's disparity between the two when it comes to that. How do we get them to open up? How can men feel that that stigma is not going to be there? And that's down to everybody, anybody in the community talking about it, making them realise, doesn't matter who they are, if you have an issue, speak about it. Many men don't. I think they always put it as, I don't want to waste the doctor's time because that was my scene. I didn't want to bother my because I had enough of my health issue that I didn't want to bug a doctor and saying, look, I'm having these stupid thoughts with this. Is there something you can do? Yet one of mine's actually earlier tried to give me medication and antidepressants. When asked why, he says, because you're going to get like that because we're eating through. And I'm like, I don't look after. If I'm not like that, I don't need them. But what I didn't know at that time is I did need something. And it was only because of naiveness and not really open up to people that maybe realising medication might not be the only way, but at least it was a start. It might have got me to open up and say, all right, I really, I spoke to him now, I need to talk to someone else. Other people need to do the same. If you know someone like that, any males you know that seem off in any way, changing their habits, changing the patterns of things they do, not really wanting to mix or get involved in things, just check in. It sounds so simple, but don't just ask, are you okay? And if they say, yeah, leave it at that. Are you sure you're okay? Why don't we sit and have a chat? Why don't we take them aside and have a talk when nobody else realises what it's about? That's part of the thing is, that stigma of opening up is in case anybody else hears or anybody else knows about it. And that's what other men need to come in. Because, yeah, not everybody's got these issues, but you never know. They always say that someday you know we'll have or we'll be going through this, and someday it might be you. So why not help someone else now? And at least then you'll be helping yourself later on if things do happen. But men really talk about their feelings. I've said this before, I think when you go to a pub, you don't hear four guys talking about how they're feeling, how their health is, or how mentally they're feeling that day. But why not? If that's your friends, surely that's the thing about friends, is you can tell them anything. So why not try and do it? Just don't assume that they would react in a different way, or maybe you different or look at you different because you're like that. Sadly, many men would still be alive if they opened up to people. I know some men talk about it, they may do it with a partner, say they've got to open up more than that. We need to let other people know that you need that help because it's not only at home you might need it, at work things might be causing problems for you. So you need to tell them so they can understand that. The two that I spoke about, a lot of their concern from what I said there was financial. It was worrying about money, worrying about they're not going to keep the lifestyle they've got if they don't get as the cost of living changes, they don't get a better salary or a better earning, a better job. On the other hand, how do they support their kids? Yeah, it's great, we always want to do that, but maybe it's just not realistic at the moment. You just need to talk to your children and understand that. I mean, a lot of us were brought up in that way that it wasn't something we were given anyway, you had to earn. We had to work. I know it seems a strange thing, but a lot of ones nowadays I don't see or hear many children saying that, but looking for the jobs that even though people joke, it was like paper rounds or delivering potatoes was the thing, that was an unusual one, delivering milk. They were just a start, but then you can help out. There's so many sadder jobs and things going. There's people for labourers to help with gardening things. There's so much out there that people just look. And 
that's the thing is getting people to do that to if the children can help in any way like that, ease some of the financial pressure, it might help them. Male personality traits are a problem because they don't deal well with things that's like unemployment or like um, redundancies. Things that trigger them can be really easy. They just don't realise it's happened Sunday till it builds up and builds up. Macho, that's one of the biggest ones that always comes out. As I said earlier about this man up, you can go and you can bust through things. The macho thing leads them to end up why you see so many men on drugs or on alcohol because they can't handle their emotions. And that doesn't help anybody. Midlife crisis, I mentioned this already, I've done a post on this recently because confused me listening to different age groups and people, nobody's perspective on it. The average I got given there really was above 40. About 40 to 50 is when midlife crisis or midlife crisis comes in. If you think about it, then look at the age gap, the age range already that's actually the ones who are taking their own life, 45 to 49. Is there a coalition there? Some correlation between the fact of them getting to that age and knowing that that's supposedly when the midlife crisis comes in. So when they start having issues and problems, they're putting it down to that. And I said they're learning about speaking about emotions. That's normal. It's a male thing. But socioeconomically, unemployment, people are two to three more times more likely to actually take their own life than anybody in work. So again, as I said, if it's been redundant seriously or someone's struggling to get a job, make sure you support them. How can you spot the signs? There's a lot of that. Some of them more personal than others. Emotional outbursts, mood changes, anger. A lot of time when people are really struggling with this, they don't know how to deal with that emotion, so it can come out as rage or frustration. It can look like, and then they can also flag a little bit with that, that they can be really in highs and then lows all of a sudden. Persistent depression as well. Just nothing seems to burn eat. Nothing interests them anymore. They can't get motivated. They're generally in a low mood all the time. Sleep, that's one of the biggest things signs of this. If people are not sleeping right. Because if you don't sleep right now, that already gets them agitated for the day and they start off that way and everything just spirals. Not wanting to eat properly, having, not always a lack of appetite, but just they don't really want food, they don't feel so they need it. They're not doing anything to make a reason to need the food. Again, I mentioned drugs and alcohol. You might notice them starting to do it more. Maybe someone only drinks or that a weekend or has a smoke at the weekend. Suddenly start doing it after work every day. Excuses always the same. It's a tough day at work. I'm just trying to unwind. That's fine, but it's when it happens more often than normal for you, that's when people should notice it. Being withdrawn is probably one of the biggest ones that people, the only thing people see afterwards that they sometimes notice. They start thinking, well, yeah, they, they just spend a lot of time on their own. Even with the family, they make fine little jobs to do just to keep them out of the way of everybody. They start lift, they usually on social media, for example, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. You'll realize they start to stop. They may be looking around, but they don't interact the same. They don't go out. One of the ones here used to play five sides every week and they'd stop doing that. And people just put down, he must have an injury. Yeah, but they thought it was a physical injury. No one thought it was a mental one. They just thought, oh, yeah, maybe he's hurt himself and can he play? But nobody checked in. They just assumed that's what it was. Forgetfulness. 
it's like somebody to call it brain fog when you say midlife crisis. Is you, you know something, you just can't get the words out. It never really comes. But making simple changes can always help. Even some exercise, I know, I'd read something recently, but something really got on uh, about a post about self-care and they didn't like it. Self-care just means care for yourself. That's turned it around the other way, that's what it is. Everybody does it and finds their own way of doing it. And if someone's struggling, that's really important that they find a way for themselves, their own care. And that's self-care being mentally. And the person that I read this post, they criticised things like journaling or they said about exercise and, and get out in nature. We don't need this. Maybe they don't, but some other people might. And that's the important thing at this is if it doesn't suit you and you're reading one of these posts, scroll on. Don't stop and read that. Just ignore it. But the person it does really resonate with will stop. And they'll realise when they're reading things like that, that's me, that's what I need to do. So if you can help somebody and any suggestions like it, it's great. But remember, most importantly, it's got to be non-judgmental. You're not saying this will be right for me, that will be right for them. You're not saying that, like the old saying, I'll just go on, mate, a man up. Don't come out in like, all you've got to do is to be there to listen. Listen to them and let them communicate with you in their way. But don't just leave it. If you really sure there's an issue, probe. Try and get a thought, see you're really okay. Tell them about it. I can see there's something. Why don't we chat? And just let them talk. Sit in silence. They'll sit and stare at you. What? And they may even get, as I said earlier, you can get annoyed at times, but then they'll say, okay, okay. And they'll start talking. It's amazing how many times it happened. They're actually looking for that. They just don't want to see be the one that's initiating it. So give that time, give that silence, and let them do it. Have something that's fun, find something they always used to like that you know, and get them involved. Even if it takes time, or well, maybe gone to somewhere different they've not been for a long time. Go to the pictures, watch a film. I don't know, I mentioned the other bit music and sport. They have things they can do as well. Maybe going to a gig. If you like music things, go to a gig because it's not just the music, it's the whole atmosphere, it's the build-up to going, looking forward to it. This can help them. And the Southern men just won't open up and say anything wrong until they get to that point when they're about to explode or it comes out in the only way they know. There's quite a few charities that out there. Have a look, put it online. Men's Shed's a great one for it. Put Calm as well, I mentioned in here. Samaritans, you don't need to wait till they get to the crisis point. Samaritans will speak to them. Even if they're just starting to have these feelings at the beginning, that I'm not sure what I am, I feel a bit down in it. Why? They just have a chat. They love things like that. They would rather do that than wait till somebody's at crisis point and then get them. So get them to contact them. If they won't do it with you, get them to up to someone else. You'd love us to have a different story. I'm reading next time, maybe in a year's time when I do an episode like this, it'll be all about how things are starting to change, how good things are in place, how people can interact more with each other. Something that really got me recently, something mentioned, we do every year at work, when I worked in the bank, we did the health and safety risk. I used to be, for one time, I was a health and safety risk expert in our area. So my job each year was just to do the risk assessment, whether it was at my team or where it was, a whole area. And it always amazed me about it is it was called health and safety risk. But the health and safety risk assessment only meant healthy as in physical. It was how do you sit at your desk? Have you got the right posture? Have you got the right things you need for your hands, for your legs, for your stand? Your chair might have to change that. There was never anything about how you're doing mentally. 
psychologically, is everyone okay? Can we do anything with that? Now, should that not be there? Should that not be part of health and safety? It's just a thought, but it's something I'll be pushing in my own business. I'm starting to change what I'm actually doing business, and a lot more is this. Thank you for listening to you ramble about all that today, but it's such an important message. Please, please, please get people to open up. And if you're a male listening to this, please open up to someone. I do free initial calls. If someone wants to at least talk and just see where they're at and where they want to go to, give me a call. There's no obligation for any harm. Just speak. And do a 30 minute or a 60 minute call, whatever you prefer. Just do that and then we can talk and see where you're at and if you want to go anywhere. If you don't want to call me, please look up one of these, either another therapist, another coach, or look up someone from one of the charities, the phones I've mentioned earlier. Just do something. Just don't sit there and do nothing. So thank you for this. I'll be back next week and hopefully, by the time I come back next week, maybe can get some good story for someone on how they've actually overcame this and developed what they've done about it. That'd be brilliant if I could hear someone uh, to get in touch who has been through this. What did you do differently? What can we get out of people? I want more people. I want to concentrate my whole business on that age group then. 45 to about 54-year-old males. Not saying I won't work with anybody else, but the ironic thing for me is predominantly my clients are 99% female. That shows there's something that's an issue there. I would like more males to come and we can work together, not only in the short term, but it can be maybe over a longer period, three months, six months, a year, whatever you need. It doesn't have to be trying to be a quick fix. It's taking the time to get you back on the track what you need in your life and then working the coaching side helps you to move forward. So please take that first step today, whatever it is, talk to your partner, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, husband, or colleagues, friends, family, anybody you feel you can do it to. Or come on these call lines, helplines, I said, a stranger might be better for you if you can't really open up to anybody else. And I'll be back again next Thursday and said, open, we have a better information on this. But if not, we're going to have more tips, more suggestions, things that you can do to help improve your mental health. So thank you very much again, everybody, for listening today. I really appreciate it. And I'll speak to you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for more great conversation, valuable tips and positive ideas, allowing you to take your first step towards learning, growing and succeeding.